Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Rangers Rabble podcast. My name is Martin Douglas and tonight I am joined by Wilf Marshall and Scott Kennedy, he slash him. How are you doing? Good, Good thanks, you. Not bad. For all the people who are listening, Scott's name for some reason says Scott Kennedy, he slash him. Scott, what's all that about? It's from the last Zoom chat I had. It was just a bit of a... <laughs> right, well, on... You could, tonight... have told me, you could have told me before we started. <laughs> Sorry, it doesn't show up on the recording. Obviously, tonight we're going to have a wee chat about Stevie G making his 150th appearance as manager. We'll chat about the Ross County game and we'll look forward to the Hibs game. The podcast is available in full to download or stream on Acast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and all that good jazz. There is, uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash The Rangers Rabble. You can see clips, live reaction and more. So head over there and subscribe. Right, gents, we'll start with Stevie G, 150 appearances. We discussed that a bit, I think it was two weeks ago, so we won't dive too much into it. But Scott, how would you rate the overall job that the gaffer's done up to this point? Uh, I gave him a solid 8 out of 10. I think he's just missing uh, a couple of trophies. 150 games is no mean feat as Rangers manager because we've seen how quickly things can be going well for you and then all of a sudden you sink. Um, you know, I've, I've given my opinion before on how things have transpired during his tenure and I think we did have a bit of a sliding doors moment Um back in March kind of time but since he's come in I think I think what I've been astounded by is the speed of progress so everything is getting better and better and better and better and better and it's that uh, I'm trying to think of the word uh, where as, as things evolve it evolves quicker as it evolves <laughs> there's a word for it it's just, it's just escaped me now but that's what we're seeing at the moment and he, he, the way he's evolved Apples. the tactics no. <laughs> no, it will come to me later, and I'll just like shout it out. Um, but but the way thing, the events have unfolded uh, 
for Gerard. Um, and, and the way the team's improving, the way he's improving the players individually as well, it's really, really impressive. And now we're on the cusp of winning his first trophy. And, you know, we could be talking about winning a couple in very, very quick succession as well. Um, absolutely delighted. And I, I really, really hope we're sitting here in three years' time, whatever, talking about Gerard's 300th game and then so on and so forth because uh, we've got a guy that's revolutionised our club and, and probably the way that we play. Um, so long, mate, continue. Do you know it's it's easy, Wolf? Obviously, right now where we sit, we sit twenty three points clear in the league. The guard, everything in the garden seems to be rosy, but it hasn't always been under Gerard's tenure. If that's a fair comment, because there's been a couple of times, obviously, after New Year, you know, the ship seems to have sank a wee bit. A lot of the fans getting on Gerard's back, but I I don't think you can underestimate just what a job he has done. And also, we do have to say his backroom staff as well. Yeah, I think he's done a, as Scott said, he's done a tremendous job. I mean, when he came in, he said it was going to be a project that would take, you know, three or four years to get it right. And we all sort of accepted that. I mean, you know, even going back, even going 10 years ago, if a Rangers manager came in and said, look, it's going to take me three years to win something, we'd all went, now you've not got three years, get it done now, or, you know, you're out the door. Um, the, the progress has been. Season on season, there's certainly been pro- certainly been progress. I mean, you just look at Europe. Europe's done them a huge favour. The fact that we've you know we've we've got into the group stages three seasons in a row. We got out. We've got out of it the last two. Uh, made the last sixteen last year. That's that's bought them a lot of time, and it's also brought in a lot more money. So he's been a lot more fluid in the transfer market. Uh, and as Scott said, there was a sliding doors moment in March, and I think that sliding doors moment for me was football getting suspended. Mm-hmm. Because of COVID, because we lost, we lost the cup quarter final at Hearts. Then we lost to Hamilton, and it seriously looked like Mister Gerrard was going to walk away. You know, he was had a long, hard think, and then we came back. And as I've said a few times on on various pods, the the extended break that we had, when they had actual time on the training pitch with the players, meant that him and his backroom staff could get across exactly how they wanted to play, which is why I think we're ahead of the curve. You know, we're, we're probably six months ahead of where we really should be mm-hmm. because they've had that extra extra time on the training field. And he's now got. I mean, you look you look at, you look at the bench. I mean, Scott said like this time last year we fell off a cliff, mm-hmm. and it wasn't because the first eleven hasn't really changed that much. It's what's come on to back it up the rest of the squad. That's now a lot stronger. You look at the bench. Um, yesterday's we recorded this on Sunday. Yesterday, the Ross County game. I mean, the bench was. Everyone on that bench would probably walk into most teams in the Premier League, mm-hmm. you know. So that's that's the squad's got a lot better, and so yeah, I mean for, certainly for the, I mean his record for 150 games is good. I mean I think he's only had what 20 defeats, I think, mm-hmm. and included in that's against you know fairly good teams like Bayer Leverkusen and things like that. And then there's obviously early defeats as well, you know, I mean, early defeats to Celtic and things like that, which you've got to accept when he's when he's only in the door five minutes, with with, with what he came into. Do you know, I don't want to be too negative because we're in a fantastic position. Look, we're, I don't care what anybody says, right? We're going to win the league, right? We are. Um, but Scott, Wolf made a good point there about Europe and also obviously the breakup with COVID. Do you think in some kind of strange way, 
again, I really don't want to sound too pessimistic, but do you think that saved his job? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I do. I've, I've mentioned it before. I think uh, had we completed the second leg against Bayer Leverkusen, I think the board may have... Well, they may have come on, they, they, the board of guys like you and I, they will be talking. They will be thinking, right, okay, well, this isn't going as planned. Uh, I know that we've got to give him a chance but this is the second year, right? And the team at the time didn't even look like they knew each other. Mm-hmm. But what's really interesting for me is not only did, okay, that potentially, I, I might maybe be completely wrong because what, what I'm about to say will con- contradict myself. But um, if we completed that second leg against Berlin, because and got knocked out and he got sacked, didn't. Fast forward to the summer, we also saw an influx of investment into the playing staff, which in itself is a show of faith to Steven Gerrard. Mm-hmm. So there must there must have been a lot of talking going on behind the scenes. Either either the board were convincing Gerrard to stay or Gerrard was convincing the board that I'm the man for this job. I can do this. I've identified where it's gone wrong. Um, but it's worked out for the best. Interestingly enough, everyone talks about what happened uh, in the winter periods last month, and it's it's probably a combination, as as Will said, uh, the 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 quality and the depth of the squad now, because these players on the bench are actually pushing for first team slots. They're not just guys making up the numbers that can do a job. They are guys that probably, if you look at like Cedric, it, it will be playing first team football for a long period of time. But touching on what Ryan Kent said after the game yesterday. The pitch is very difficult to play on. It's very difficult for the likes of Ryan Kent to be dribbling past the players as he did in the months of August, September and October. And then we saw that drop off in later November, December, but we're still grinding out the wins. We've had to adapt our style. So it's more one-touch passing. We weren't necessarily always doing that in the earlier months, but we've adapted our style. And that's something that we can cope with this time last season. Hence, I think we saw the drop off because we didn't know what to do. We were still playing the same teams. We still had the same energy. We were still trying to do the same things. But physically, it wasn't. we weren't able to do that. And, you know, we've heard that all, you know, all the way down through the years, you know, you had Arsene Wenger, who was a football kind of manager. He liked to get his teams down to play football. Jose Mourinho was this defensive manager. You've got certain managers who don't coach at all, who just sit back. Well, what kind of manager or coach is Steven Gerrard? I don't think you could define what kind of manager he is yet because he's only been in the job five minutes, really, in, in management terms. Um, he's very he's very much, to me, he's very much a management team manager. Mm. You know, he's he always says it's not just about him, it's about, you know, Michael Beale, Tom Culshaw, the doctor, all, all that. I mean, you even see when he gets when he gets his manager of the month awards, the photos that get made public are of him and the entire team. They're not just him standing with an award saying, look at me, apart from the media ones that that, no, that have to do just with them, with it, but the ones that Rangers put out, it's always him and the whole the whole team. So, I think you can't really define what sort of management style he's got because he's not been in the job long enough. Uh, that, do you agree with that, Scott? Hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough, right? And of course, the <laughs> question that's always going to be asked because I don't know if you guys have heard that Liverpool aren't doing too well right now. Um, how long can we keep him, Scott? Or is that a question that we really shouldn't even be asking? 
I mean, let me just check the score. I think they're one 0 up at the moment, so we don't need to <laughs> call, call your jets. I mean, it's all it's all in perspective because but you know it's but you know it's always going to get asked. Yeah, it is, but uh, yeah, okay. I think we've all acknowledged that if Liverpool come calling, Gerrard's going walking. But in the same respect, Jurgen Klopp's got a lot of uh, good good faith at Liverpool, and if you think that it took him two, three years to get the first title and actually get his team. If we could be talking, they, they could go for a couple of years without winning the title. And let's, let's if we actually take a look at Liverpool for a second, they're not doing too badly. They're not, yeah, okay, they're not running away like we are or they did, have done in the previous seasons, but they're still near enough top of the pile. Um, and, you know, I, I laugh across the city because... If you take away our two victories against them, they're only a couple of points or a couple of draws away from a reasonable start to the season. It's just mm-hmm. the fact that we have done so well, it exacerbates the pressure on them. But if, if you actually look at it like a rational point of view, they're not doing too badly. I mean, I'm loving the implosion, but the, shoe was, but the shoe was on the other foot. If you look at our numbers this time last season, we weren't doing too badly. It's the fact that they, they just kept pulling wins out the hat and yeah it happens this is football and it happens and actually well see if we can be fair to us uh, as Rangers as a club I mean apart from obviously Liverpool I mean if Liverpool come calling I don't think any Rangers supporter could have a go at Gerrard for leaving because that is his boyhood club but I think it's clear to everybody that he's extremely happy where he is yeah I think he I think he is because he's had he's had I think it seems to be that Everything he's been promised, he's had. The board promised to back him. They've backed him. You know, the the support, obviously, we love him. And, I mean, the, the whole Liverpool thing, I I don't think it's a coincidence that his contract runs out in 2024 and so does Klopp's. Mm-hmm. And both of the, and the two of them aren't notorious for walking out on contracts. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's um, a coincidence. But I also think that what was something that would possibly stop him going if Klopp did leave Liverpool early. I think what might, what might stop... Um, Mr Gerrard leaving us too early to go straight to Liverpool is what's happened with Frank Lampard at Chelsea mm-hmm. you know, he did a year at Derby then went back to where he's a hero and it just isn't working for him mm-hmm. and they're now talking about, they're now talking about sacking him so he'll look at that and go wait a minute that could be me you know because he didn't have okay he's got more managerial experience now than Frank Lampard had when he went to Chelsea but that'll that'll be something I think might be a telling factor in keeping him at Rangers till at least the end of his contract and he could also maybe look at Ali McCoy's. Um, but anyway, that's for another day. Um, right, so it was his 150th game. Uh, Ross County at home, Scott. And I think pretty much every Rangers fan was was fully confident that we would win. But it was a pretty good performance as well. Something that I think a lot of us were asking for. Not just a win, but a good performance. It's exactly what I expected. And <clears throat> funnily enough, you, you said every Rangers fan was expecting this. But I keep seeing a barrage of... Uh, Tweets on social media of folk being nervous. Um, oh, I was still nervous. Before. I was yeah, nervous. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's PTSD or something. But I've said this before. I've, I've never been so relaxed. Or Going into every game, I think I'm going back to 1999-2000 kind of era where I'm confident of the, the Rangers team that's going to turn up and they're going to do the job. Um, and, and they certainly do that now. Even if they start off slow, they come back into the game. But... Thankfully, shut a few folk up. Started off 
straight away, blistering start, great stuff. And for the rest of the 90 minutes, I, I just sat there and I just really enjoyed the football that we played. I, I just really, really enjoyed it. It's actually a thoroughly watch. You can sit there and you can get your cigar out. You can have a nice brandy, whiskey or whatever your tipple is. If it's Wilf, it's a nice glass of water. But you can, you can, you can, just, you can, just, sit, you can just you can just sit there and enjoy the games now. And I have to say, um, normally we do a kind of a live reaction, but I try and structure it from, you know, early chances, first goal, second goal, third goal, fourth goal. But, well, if I want to go straight to the end and just say that I think it might have went unnoticed, but I thought yesterday Stephen Davis was absolutely outstanding. But that's not just yesterday. Stephen Davis has been like that for, for weeks and weeks. I mean, he's, he's just, he's defying his age. I mean, he's, he's having a, a renaissance as a... a a guy in his mid thirties. I mean, he's having. I just want to get the word renaissance in. So, sorry about that. But, uh, yeah, he's he's doing. He's. He, I mean, he's phenomenal. He's he's absolutely. He's he, he's always looking for the ball. He's. You know what I noticed today? I actually watched a bit of the Chelsea game today, right? And Billy Gilmore was playing, and I saw a lot of the way Stephen Davis plays and Billy Gilmore today. I don't know. That might just be coincidence. I don't know whether they've, you know, because they were never they weren't around the club at the time together. I don't think. But that's the way he the way he's playing. I mean, what's Billy Gilmore? Eighteen years old. Davis is doing exactly the the same job, but he's twice his age, you know. And he's he's just he's always looking for the ball. He's always running back to get it. He's taking. I mean, I think it was Derek said on the on the tactics pod that um, you know he's he's basically felt filtering into centre half a lot of the time to pick mm-hmm. the ball up. I mean, the man's energy is incredible, you know. And he's he certainly he must have been he must have looked after himself. A lot of players could. Could really learn a lot from Stephen Davis. I mean, he was he was outstanding for me yesterday. Ah, he was he was my man in a match. I thought he was absolutely phenomenal. But Scott, a header for Ryan Kent. That's when you know. That's when you know it is your day. <laughs> Collectors item. We'll remember that one for years to come. I don't think we'll put. I mean, I think he had a chance. Uh, who was who was the game? I can't remember, but he had a chance with his head and he just looked like a guy that did not know how to head the ball. So someone else must have noticed that and said, right, Ryan, throw the ball up, head the ball. <laughs> because, it, 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 you know, it it was perfect for him just to just get his head on it and, and get it towards goal. And it, it went in. Um, yeah, I'm pleased, I'm pleased for Ryan because he's coming for a bit of stick recently, but the endeavour and the effort is... Is never lacking, and I think you can say that for a lot of players in the squad. Uh, and if you are going to go the the course of the season playing sixty odd games, these are the guys that you want in your trenches. And and typically, it's never your winger. It's never the winger. The winger is always the one that gets pushed out of the game, shies away, mm-hmm. gets called various names, um, but not Ryan. Not Ryan. He always he's always willing to stick his head above the parapet and get involved and lose the ball, win it back. Same, same with a few others. He, he, he never ever, he, he does never hide. But I think also special mention for that goal, Wolf, was the assist from Morelos, who, who, by the way, I also thought had a had a brilliant game. I think they all. I was just about to say about Morelos, but I think they all they, they all played well yesterday. I mean, even the, the guys that came off the bench, mm-hmm. there wasn't a, there wasn't a failure amongst them. But I mean, Morelos, the Morelos is foresight just to realise where that ball's going and to head it back in. To you know, to a danger area because a lot of a lot of strikers, particularly strikers who, who are, but have been a bit shy in front of goal recently, would probably try to try to head that in from there, you know. And he stuck it back across, and it was just it was just a a, a good goal. I mean, they were all good goals yesterday, I think, mm-hmm. you know. 
Uh, but I mean, what I've noticed, and I hope we'll go on to it from more when we're talking about the, the Hibs game, is the amount of headed goals this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's just been, not just with us, but all over, all over Britain. It's just been incredible. Well, there is one team in the league who unfortunately don't have anybody who can cross the ball, but I mean, we won't go on about them, that's for another podcast. Um, well, penalty, Phil Morelos from, is it Jakovic? I don't know how to say the, yeah. the guy's name. Now, I said on Twitter straight away, why is that not a red? Because I didn't think he'd made an attempt to play the ball, and of course, you were straight on my back saying, no, 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 yellow card, yellow card. And he was given a yellow. Tav steps up, Tav misses two his last two penalties he's missed now. Now, do we change the taker? Do, do we leave Tav on it? Because he has went through a spell in the past where he's missed a few and then went on a fabulous run of scoring them. Well, I, I asked that very question when he missed it. I put a tweet out saying, uh, that's two in a row, do we change the taker? And I have to say the replies were about 50-50. Mm. There was half the replies were yes, the other half the, the, half the replies were no. Uh, and the no's seemed to be a lot more vocal to keep them. You know, they were trying to explain why we, why we keep them on penalties. Um, I don't know, because I've got to think back to the League Cup final last year. He'd missed a couple, and then Morelos took one and missed it. Mm-hmm. So, as, some, as somebody rightly pointed out, Europe's just around the corner, right? And it's a knockout game in Europe, so they should all be practising penalties, because we might need them. So, I'll be honest, I don't know whether, I don't know whether we should replace him as a penalty taker or not. I'd be inclined to say yes because he's missed two and there were two pretty poor penalties to be fair they were poor they were poor I suppose Scott um, some people will say change them some people will say don't some people will say I don't care it's a penalty anybody step up and hit it but I suppose it's the case of it's really hard because we're so far ahead in the league to say that any game is vital so if we're if it's nothing each with Hibs and there's a minute to go and we get a penalty does Tab take it? yeah don't change it. I think there's a lot of hysteria and panty wetting um, from a lot of people Ooh. that uh, have never really stood up and actually hit a penalty before in their life. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, keepers can save penalties. Yes. To be honest, it's only ever a poor penalty if the keeper saves it. If the keeper dived to the other side and that went in, no one's saying it's a poor penalty. It's only because the keeper saved it. And there's a lot of hysteria around, oh, we need a 100% record penalty takes. It never happens. Alberts miss penalties. Negri miss penalties. Go through our entire history. We've all had penalty takers that miss penalties. And yeah, okay, he's missed two. Um, and I, I, I just don't, I don't actually think he's having a particularly great time of it anyway, like form-wise, but... I wouldn't exactly compound his misery by taking off penalties. I think he's he should actually show his mettle and stand up and carry on taking them. And I would I would back him to score the next one. I mean, law of average just is dictates he will, um, but I back him to do it. And Phil Hollander obviously got a start uh, for Balogun. I think the, the manager said it was simply because Balogun got injured in the warm up last week. I think that's maybe why Hollander came back in. Good header, Scott. Good goal, but could you explain to me what the Ross County defender was doing at that corner? Because I've not got a clue. I think he was trying to trying to wrestle the wrong man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was half expecting uh, the referee to blow up for a foul, and then for me to see the replay and see what happened. And then I saw the replay, and I still I've, I've watched it about four or five times, and I still don't know how the boy ended up on his ass. Mm. No idea. 
Um, hopefully, Wilf, Wilf can shed some light on that because I haven't got a clue. <laughs> not a clue. No, I think he just fell over. I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know what the. It, it, it wasn't a great. I don't think the camera angles were that great. I think that's maybe quite possibly, and this is going off on a wee bit of a tangent, Wilf, but I don't think the RTV cameras are the greatest. I think they're, they're restricted to where they can put them. Right. You know, I mean, when you've got, I mean, I'm only, I'm only guessing, but I think when you've got like a Sky and Sky and BT, and even to a certain extent BBC, they've, they've got more cameras in the ground. You know, they've got more guys kind of on the touchline with cameras. I would imagine Rangers have only got a couple of fixed cameras and possibly one kind of moving about, so you're, you're not going to get the same angles. But I don't, I don't think a camera angle could tell you. But I don't think the guy could probably tell you. What he was doing. <laughs> He just fell over. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know. I know. Do you know what? I actually um, broke my, my rule and watched sports scene to see if I could see what actually happened. But of course, the less said about sports scene, the better. Um, was, Mike, was Michael Stewart on there saying it was a fan? No, it was Neil McCann. <laughs> Neil McCann's everywhere. You know what I mean? That, that guy works harder than Alan McCoyst. Um, the, the, <laughs> the third goal, Wolf, Joe Aribo. I mean, I'm pretty sure that one of us on the podcast said that Joe Rebo is much more effective wide right. And I think whoever that person was was proved right. Was it you by any chance? It was indeed. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I mean, that's 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 food and drink to Rebo that sort of position when he came. And I was actually expecting him to cut the ball back, but what a finish. I mean, that was a, that was a trem- tremendous finish. And that's that's what he's all about. But he's, he's one of them, because he's good at that, he's, he's frustrating because it doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. But he's always willing to try it, just like like Ryan Kent never hides. You know, he tries something if it doesn't work, he'll try it again. If it doesn't work, he'll try it again. Aribo's the same, uh, and he got into that position. As he when he came when he came back when he came, when he cut back, I thought I, I was looking in the box. I nearly I nearly missed the finish because I was looking to see who, who he was going to put it to, and then the ball just nestled in the corner. And he's, so best goal you'll see this weekend. I know, hundred percent. I mean, Scott, it was a bit. Shit defending, but again, dancing feet for Jordy, born a great finish. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of summed it up. I mean, I did look at look back at it and think possibly the Ross County uh defender could try a bit hard to block him off, but then you know, he's got the old snake hips and he kind of snake hips and Wheat of bits, what is it? His wheat feet of bits, or <laughs> you know, he's he's just got quick feet and he's got hips and he he can deceive you as you know as soon as you blink. So uh, all credit to him. Great goal, great finish, great movement. So uh, I don't want to take anything away by saying he's come come across poor defending because you know he could be the architect of the poor defending. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. And then we made we made four subs, and I think Gerard's maybe done that once or twice before. And I think, well, when a team makes four subs, you just expect, right, okay, well, he's just bringing some players on to get some minutes, the game will die down. And then we've seen just how valuable Ryan Jack could be as well, because I thought when Ryan Jack came on, he showed us what we've been missing since he's been out. Yeah, he absolutely did. But I, I still don't know why he was in the box. I mean, Ryan Jack doesn't go into the box. I've got no idea why he ended up in the box. And um, it was a hell of a finish. I mean, he just, you know, uh, I mean, it was a great overall move. I mean, I don't know if you saw, if you saw Sky Sports News late last night or this morning, they showed the whole move start to finish, and they speeded it up in the middle because the move itself took took, took just over a minute to get up the pitch, mm-hmm. and it was something something like twenty six, twenty seven passes, 
and Ryan Jack went from the edge of our box into their box to score it, and it was it was a tremendous goal, absolutely tremendous finish. And that's that's what we need. we need more of that from them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I know it's more yesterday, but we're taking more shots from outside the box, as just generally as a team, not just him, which is something we haven't been doing. You know, so hopefully that's something that the the coaching staff have said, look, start hitting balls at keepers, particularly in the the conditions that we've got. You know, pitches are wet, balls going to skid off it. Take, take some shots, follow, follow it in in case it goes back off the keeper. You know, I noticed there was a lot more of that yeah, yesterday, but I mean, Ryan, Ryan Jack just came in and he just, you, you would never know he'd been out for two months away, he just came straight into the game. Mm. And that goal, Scott, that, that Wolf described, we have seen that once or twice, and I think that is the kind of partner play that Gerard wants from this team. Yeah, um, I, th- I think it has happened quite a few times. Uh, the obvious one that sticks out is Galatasaray at home where we pick the ball up uh, from our own goal line. But, yeah, it happened a couple, a couple of games ago as well. Um, someone really needs to go through the archives of all the season because I wouldn't be surprised if we're five or six goals like that where we've started the ball from our own area, kept the ball, moved up the pitch and then finished it off. Um, I don't even know where to begin in kind of analysing the tactics or even how that happens from a training pitch to match day perspective. Um, but, it's, but it's really impressive. It's really impressive. And when you get a, when you get a, a unit that can do that and play like that, you, you can't really take your eyes off them because a goal can, you know, literally happen at any moment. Uh, what, what, what's actually really impressive is it's, it's probably, we keep the ball to a certain extent, a bit like, how Man City do or like Barcelona with a tick attack or whatever you want to call it and it kind of hypnotises the opposition we get into the areas and we score it's, it's, it's brilliant it's, it, yeah love it never works with a football manager though I don't know why um, before we come to the, the fifth goal Wolf, I wanted to pick up on a player and I'm coming to you because if I, if I go to Scott we'll be here all night Giannis Hadji yesterday I thought had a, an excellent game the only thing that wasn't working for him was his shooting boots but apart from that I thought it was one of the best performances we've seen in a while from him yeah well he was my man of the match yesterday um, he did he did, at least he did everything apart from score um, and that's exactly why he's in the team mm. you know I mean he's they just give him the ball and he just he just makes things happen, you know. I, I mean, pick up on a point that Scott made about when, when we're passing the ball through the, you know, through the midfield and through a team. Um, it's, it must be really, really difficult to defend against because they've got no idea where the goal's going to come from. I mean, we've got something like, what, 16 or 17 different scorers this season. I mean, that's incredible. If you're a defending team, you're going, right, okay, who's actually going to, who's actually going to take this shot and goal? Who's going to try and score this goal? You know, I mean, you, you had right... Uh, Ryan Jack, Ryan Jack. Yesterday, you would never in a million years have thought Ryan Jack's going to get into that position to score that goal. <laughs> so you would just a defender's probably inclined to let him run and say, "Well, he's not. That's not going to go back to him. He's not going to finish from there." But you know they have to look at it and go, "Well, okay, this is this is what's happening." So as a, I mean, as a team, it's phenomenal. And I mean, Yaris uh, Hadji's instrumental in that because he's you know he's picking out the passes, he's mm-hmm. putting the ball through to players that are free. I mean, the, the movement all over the team is really good, but they can only do that if you know that the guy that's got, that's got possession of the ball is going to get the ball to you. Mm-hmm. He's going to try and find you. And that's what Yanis Hadji is really, really good at. Right, Scott, Yanis Hadji, yesterday, take it away. 
Will said it. You, I... You've you've taken my moment from me. Um, <laughs> no, well, it's it's one of those it's one of those things, right? I've been harping on all season. People are saying, do we need to worry about Ayanis Hadji? He's not getting minutes, and it's like, well, no, because he's got the talent. We all know he's got the talent. It is slightly frustrating when you you see things when the ball gets passed into to his feet. And I've said this before. I think he's got a he's got to work on his concentration because it's not a lack of ability that makes him control the ball. I think the game just comes quite easily to him, so his concentration goes. But that's what you'd expect from a young man, anyway. So he needs to work on that. And it did happen quite a few times yesterday as well, uh, where his first touch let him down and lost the ball, or he didn't quite have as much control of the ball as he ordinarily like. But what I really like about it is the fact that he presses straight away. He wants to win the ball, ball, ball back. He's not a luxury player that doesn't want to do the hard yards for the team. He, he's very much in, you know, when I was talking about Ryan Kent earlier, very much in that mould. Um, delighted to have him in the team. He's creative. He's supremely intelligent. and He's willing to play the ball quickly. Um, and a, a, one of the players, just a, a mention when I say play the ball quickly, he's quite intelligent. Uh, and we'll probably see more of is Cedric Hitton. Very, very clever. Yeah. Very, very clever. So watch him carefully over the coming months. I'm really excited to see what Cedric Hinton is going to bring in the coming years because I, I genuinely think he is the replacement for Morelos. Um, but yeah, Yanis had you yesterday. I thought he was he was outstanding and I couldn't take the question to Wolf Scott and not bring it back to you because you would never let me live it down. But... Connor Goldson, well, I mean, I'm never not going to love Connor Goldson. He's been, Gerard signed him. He's played 141 out of the 150 games that Gerard has managed. He's been colossal for us. He's never injured. He came back for a serious heart injury and he's back again with a goal. And oh, it has to be said, a very, very good header. Tremendous header, really, really good goal. I mean, that's, that's eight for the season he's got now, hmm. which... I noticed um, earlier on it's exactly the same amount of goals from open play as a certain French striker at the other end of the city who they'll change £35 million pounds worth. I, I, is that, I, thought, I thought he was worth £100 million then barely dollars. Uh, whatever, they're, whatever they're saying. <laughs> 40% sell on, sell on anyway, so they'll need to get as much as they can from him. Um, but no, big, big goals and just tremendous. I mean, again, that that's testament to our, our, our scout network and you know bringing them in because somebody's looked at it and went well hold on he's he's missed basically two years of football because of his heart condition mm-hmm. he's come back in he's done okay at Brighton we can get him and he's not got a lot of miles on the clock I mean he's what he's 28 29 years old now so when we signed him he was 25 I think, I think. he's that old is he is he as old as that I think so well anyway he was what, early to mid 20s when we signed him and uh, but he, he was two years behind in the amount of games he's played, so he's probably was on the clock. If if you can follow where I'm going with that, yeah, you know, so, he's, twi- he's 28 years old, by the way. Thought that way. Okay, so he was 25 <laughs> when we signed him. <laughs> aye, aye. Right? So, but he he probably only had played the games of maybe a 22, 23 year old. Aye, because he was out for know? so long. Because mm. he was out for so long, so he's he's now he's only now starting to approach the peak of his the peak of his powers as a, mm-hmm. a centre-half, you know, and to, to have played that amount of games is phenomenal. I mean, he struggled a bit towards the end of his first season with the club, but I mean, before that, he'd only played 35 games in three years or something like that, so he was obviously going to struggle. 
and it was it was a new type of football for him and all that sort of stuff. But now, I mean, he's he's amazed to the team. The man's the man's a, the man's an absolute colossus. Mm. I, I, again, Scott, he had his critics. He did it when he first came in, like Wolf says. But I think any Rangers fan that thought that he wasn't going to be an important part of the team or they didn't fancy him, I can't imagine as many of them left. Uh, well, I'd be surprised if there was. Uh, to be honest, I knew a lot about him before he signed for Rangers anyway. I, I used to live in Brighton and I've got a pal who's a Shrewsbury Town fan. <clears throat> so when he signed for Brighton from Shrewsbury Town, it was a very much a case of this, this centre-back for Brighton is going to be class. He's going to be brilliant. He's going to be this, that. And yeah, it's well documented. He had, he, had his heart trouble um, but then even when he came back he was available for a while but he couldn't get in the team through uh, Shane Duffy or uh... <laughs> <laughs> listen 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 believe, believe it or not but you know make, make your jokes but um, Shane Duffy and uh, Lewis Dunk at this at those pairing in the championship, considering the football that they play in the championship, yeah, obviously yeah. suited suit Shane Duffy. So that's that's probably more his level. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something that ever since Connor Goldson signed, my my pals at Support Brighton always on the phone. How's Connor? Wish we could have him back. That hasn't changed. And in fact, it, you know, it's got to a stage where they've stopped actually texting me that because they know. He's he's well above well above mm-hmm. that level. Mm-hmm. We we're we're lucky to have him. We we you know he is only going to get better from this point. He's going to be a centre back that we're going to look at the age of thirty four years old. That's going to be his peak. Uh, as as Will said, we've got a lot of mileage left in him. He should be one of the players that we should be tying on tying down to another longer term contract because. And it's another thing as well. It's a it's a blessing this behind closed doors because we can actually see the vocal impact that he he has on the team. Mm-hmm. He is just as much a captain as James Tavernier. Yeah, organises, structures the team. Um, brilliant to have him. Brilliant personality. Positive guy. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think he's a Liverpool fan as well, isn't he? So maybe <laughs> let's hope Gerard doesn't go to Liverpool because we'll be surprised if he took Connor Connor with him. Well, they're, def- they're, def- they're definitely getting Duffy back, right? And I think that's a certainty. <laughs> uh, one thing I did notice um, about the game, well, and I don't know if it's just me, and I haven't never noticed it before, but even after the goals we scored, it cut to Gerard, and he never looked happy. He looked as if something was annoying him. Is that just I me? Think- <laughs> I noticed that after the first goal, he was, he was, re- even after the first goal, he something seemed to be bothering him for the first 10, 15 minutes of the game. I don't know what it was. Whether they weren't, you know, following the letter of what, what he wanted them to do. But um, I actually like the way Stephen Gerrard is now that he's not over celebrating goals. You know, I mean, he's, he's learned from the criticism he got last year. I mean, he's admitted it himself, he's learned from the criticism he got last year over celebrating goals um, because we've won nothing yet, you know. And it's kind of, to me, it's it's a small team mentality when you when you celebrate. Just a run of the mill goal against a run of the mill team and a run of the mill match, you know. But I fully expect when we go on and actually win something, I fully expect the whole you have to let the whole out and you have to go absolutely tonto. Which I know we won't be the only one doing that, but fair enough. But I, no, I didn't notice that yesterday after the first, after the first goal I did. But after that, I don't know. Maybe I just 
Maybe, maybe, probably was just me. I, I seem to see things that aren't always there. Um, right, I'm not going to ask Will for this question. Final question um, with regards to the Ross County game, Scott. 5-0, good performance. I win 23 points clear. I've already said it on the podcast tonight that the league's over. Can I get you to say the league's over? Uh, ask me after Wednesday. Ask you after Wednesday. <laughs> I, have to, I, have, I have to say I'm the same because I, although I'm saying take it one game at a time, I said... Before before the old fun game, if we can get th- if we can get from there to the end of January unbeaten, then even I'll concede it's one. So if we don't lose on Wednesday, even I've got to concede that, that it's almost it's done. And it takes a lot for you to say that, Wolf, because I know that you're the, one of the most pragmatic guys at a lot. Yes. Um, right. Let's move on to the Hibs game then, and we'll finish up. Um, it's, it's, I've said this a few times, Scott, and. It's it's really difficult when you're so far ahead, but obviously because of everything that we've went through. So, look, how big a game is this? Uh, just as important as the last one, not as important as the one after that. Every game is important when you're a Rangers supporter, Rangers player, Rangers manager. Um, yes, we are ahead in the league, but we go into every single game with the same mentality. It's a game that we should win. It's a game we want to win. And ultimately, uh, if we are going to win titles, it's a game that we have to win. Um, I think the players have got a bit of a point to prove because, I did, you know, in, in the game at Easter Road early in the season, by all means, watch it back. But again, it's another situation where we were the better team for a large majority of the match. Uh, and I think, I mean, I think that was the, that was the end of McLaughlin's spell in goal. Because uh, we conceded two goals, McGregor's come in and done a magnificent job. I think we're in a stronger place than we were when we played them back then. Um, but it, that was a game we should have won. We had two sloppy moments where we conceded two goals. I remember Ryan Kent being clean through. I think Scott Arfield had a great chance as well. He should have scored. We should have won that game comfortably. Uh, we know, and people listening, if they're worried about going into this game, we know exactly how Rangers are going to turn up and play. And they will turn up and play like that. Uh, if it reassures anyone, that's exactly what's going to happen. We we can never call the outcome the result, but I'm 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 very confident of a win. And well, it's I mean I think it's fair to say that Hibs are in dreadful form right now, and I think it's actually a fantastic ploy by you know who waiting on Jack Ross being available on a, a free transfer, but. I think it's also fair to say that we know that a Hibs team is going to turn up against Rangers regardless of what form they're in. Yeah, I mean, their form seems they seem to have regressed a lot in the last few, the last few weeks. I mean, I said after we played them on Boxing Day, I quite fancied Hibs to finish second because they played really well against us. They've not kicked them all since. I mean, I saw quite a lot of the semi-final yesterday because my missus was watching it, which is bizarre for a jambo to watch Hibs, but anyway. Um, and honestly, they couldn't keep Wayne's out of close. They were... They were absolutely dreadful. Defensively, they're an absolute shambles. So, if we can, as Scott said, we, we know what we're going to bring to the party. So, if we just play, play if we play 80% the way we played yesterday, we'll, we'll destroy them on Wednesday night because they really aren't very good. They really are. But I fully expect Hibs to turn, to turn up. And, but, and this is one of their four cup finals. You know, the same as when the, everybody that plays us, it's their cup finals. And, uh, See the last time Hibs really played from what I can from what I can see was when they played us and we still beat them. So if I was, if I was say 
set plays are on point. We could we could take a good few off of them because they really aren't very good in the air. They're not very good at the back. They're quite good going forward. The boy Nisbet's a decent player. If we can keep him quiet, which I fully expect us to do, I think Balogun might come back in because Nisbet's quite nippy. Um, that's the only thing I'd be a wee bit, wee bit worried about is him going forward if we kind of fall asleep at the back. But no, to answer the question you asked, Scott, it's the next biggest game we've got. It is a cup final for Hibs. But I'm supremely confident that we'll turn them over. I was actually going to ask you that, Scott. There, Where is the biggest, what's the biggest challenge we're going to face for this Hibs team as far as you're concerned? Uh, probably the unpredictability. We don't know what Hibs is what Hibs Hibs are going to turn up because you know we are a team that do our homework on the opposition. We know what we we work out probably okay the worst case scenario for us, and that's what we're going to face. Um, now, what we do know compared to the Ibrox game is they cannot sit in. They cannot sit in like they did uh, at Ibrox. They will have to come out more, uh, and we obviously know the threats. The the likes of Nesbit. Uh, Martin Boyle, he's he's back playing again. Uh, whether Doidge actually plays, because he's been on the bench the past couple of times. Uh, I'm not sure what, what's going on with him, but he's an obvious area of threat. He scored at Easter Road last game. Um, I do actually like the uh, the left back that he's got, Josh Josh Doig. He's worth keeping an eye on. He's he's always every time I see him, he seems a solid performer. But obviously, he's still young. Uh, and then we have the, uh, you know, I'm just going to call him an absolute tosser at centre-back, that Porteous guy. Um, yeah, I think football would be a better place without without guys like yeah. him yeah. and his personality. But they are what they are. Let's let's treat let's treat him uh, with the respect that he deserves. So who do we expect to see in the Rangers team then, Wolf? Because obviously we had um, Ryan Jack come come on against Ross County, as we've discussed, and, and look pretty good, but does it also help Gerard in terms of selection, the fact that we don't have a game at the weekend and we've got a full week off? You've remembered that this time? I you? did remember this time, yeah. yeah I, I checked it before we started. <laughs> I think that, that, helps, that helps greatly, that we don't have a game at the weekend, because you can, you, know, you can give them a couple of days off, so I don't expect many changes, but I do think Ryan Jack will come back into the team, because... I mean, the, the 20 minutes or so he had yesterday um, show, shows that he's he's, hit, that he's come back hitting the ground running. And it's not, you know, we don't seem to concede a lot of goals when he's in the team. And there is there is a threat from Hibs going forward, as, as we've said there just now. So I expect um, Ryan Jack to come back in the team. Um, Balligan might come back in for Hellander. I don't, really, I don't really expect many other changes. Although, if it was me, I'd be inclined to start Cedric Hitton. Simply because, as I said a couple of minutes ago, they are horrendous in the air at the back. Who who did you take out for Ryan Jack? That's no the for for, for Itton. That's that. See, that's that's why I don't think he'll start because I I can't see him taking out taking out one of the front three. Mm. So I don't think I don't think he will start. But I could understand if he did because of how bad they are in the air. But yeah. having, having said that, we can we can make hay with, with set pieces bringing the bringing the centre half up, mm-hmm. you know, because the centre half all like a goal. So, well, Scott, if Ryan Jack does start against Hibs, who whose place does he take? Uh, I think we'll go to the European approach if Ryan Jack starts. And do you know, interestingly, it could could be a warm up for the Antwerp game, so we could see Davis 
Kamara and Jack as the midfield three. Um, I think the man to make way, as, as much as it upsets me, will probably be Hadji. Um, but then Hadji also has demonstrated that he, he, he is able to make an impact coming off the bench. So if he does start with Aribo, uh, Morelos uh, and Kent, you know, I'll be disappointed for Hadji, but I, you know, I still expect the boys to do the business. Um, yeah. So, what type of game then, Wolf, do we expect? Uh, we've discussed that a wee bit, but we, we've also discussed the fact that we don't expect Hibs to sit in. So, do you think it will just be a back and forth, or do you think we'll just be far too good for them? I just think we'll be far too good for them. Um, I mean, it's if we can if we can score early, if we can if we can if we can turn up at kickoff and score early I think it'll be a really open game because they'll they'll have to come at us because they really need to try and get a bit of form back and you know Jack Jack Ross must I mean he must be under a bit of pressure there because they really haven't kicked the ball for weeks so an early, an early goal for us and I think I think it'll be, be back, back, back and forth but I think we'll, we'll do okay it'll be a nice open game and if it's an open game that plays right into our hands if they sit in as Scott says, I don't think they will. We struggle mm. with that with teams that sit in. I don't think Hibs will sit in. I don't know if Hibs have got the ability to sit in, but Scott, are you confident? Yeah, I've already said that. Have you? I can't <laughs> remember. I'm so tired. Yeah, no, yeah, uh, very, very confident. I expect the game, I expect uh, to be similar to the Motherwell game. I expect uh, a strong five, first five, ten minutes from Hibs. Um, and then I expect us to get a grip on it. Um, I think the key is avoiding uh, conceding an early goal. Uh, scoring an early goal is even better, but to give them any encouragement or anything to hold on to is the last thing we need because we've seen at Ibrox they can frustrate us. Um, although slightly, uh, I am feeling more confident that we are able we are able to break down the, the what is it called? The, the terminology? Block. The low, yeah, whatever that hipster thing is um we are able to break down the low block uh you know struggle struggle doing it a couple of times during the game but you only need once if you don't if you don't concede uh but you know we saw in mobile we conceded we only scored once so we need to avoid that uh and if hibs do do come out and play we'll we'll control the game regardless and yeah, I expect it to be a comfortable game. Probably probably similar to December 2019. I think that was when we won 3-0, wasn't it? Yeah, I watched that game on YouTube the last night. And by the way, sometimes as a host, you do forget the questions you've asked, right? So, I mean, don't be too too hard on me. Right, Wolf, give me a prediction. Rangers to win. <laughs> Hibs not the score. And 3-0. There you go. We'll First goal scorer. First goal scorer. Um, tough. Uh, you heard it. You heard it first here, folks. You heard it first here. Uh, Scott, give me a give me a prediction. Uh, I'll go three 0 first goal score Morelos because he absolutely loves it there. Very good point. Very good point. Right, gents, that will do us because I know that Scott's got to get back to make these fancy dinner. Um, and my missus it's not a fan and my missus and daughter right now for people I mean I don't know if this will go up as a clip on YouTube but they're stuck in the kitchen listening so Wolf Scott thank you very much no problem cheers
Thank you for everybody uh, listening, downloading, streaming, following us on Twitter at Rangers Rabble, youtube.com forward slash Rangers Rabble for clips and all that, etc. Follow, subscribe and all that nonsense. And until we speak to you later, have a nice night, have a good morning, good afternoon, good day, whenever you're listening. Then we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Podcast Network.